What's good people, episode four of Cafe Con Luis. Now, this is actually take two. Take one, I was actually just about to tell you guys how there's probably gonna be a moment where Jose decides to walk in, unannounced, and just interrupt the podcast. And funnily enough, the minute I said that, he walks in and just stands there. So thank fuck, excuse my language, that he'd done it within the first minute of the podcast. Because if I was on minute 20, and that happened, best believe, I'd be absolutely screwing. Anyway, today's episode is all about sleep. Now, I'm surprised, I, I, I underestimated how difficult this whole podcast, not difficult, but this whole podcasting thing of actually thinking of stuff that's valuable to you guys and that you're going to actually want to listen and stay engaged and not lose interest. Um, so I think I've just been waiting and waiting and thinking of the right thing to talk about. I mean, next week I'm going to have my first guest on the podcast. So hopefully that should be a little bit easier and a bit more back and forth in terms of not having to really plan what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say who's on the podcast first. You'll find that out next week. Um, but yeah, hopefully as I start getting more and more guests, this will, this will become a little bit more a little bit more easier, no, a little bit more easy, or easier, and I'll be able to churn them out a lot more, but anyway, back to the point, this whole episode is all about sleep, now, if you have been following me since lockdown one, you would have found out, not found out, you would know how much I've bang on about sleep, and it's something that I've been trying to ram down people's throats since, since the first lockdown, since I, I learned all this information that I'm going to try and relay to you guys. I mean, I can't possibly relay every single bit of information that I learned, but just the key points. Um, and yeah, and ever since then, it's just been a hot topic and something that I highly regard. And even the people that are really close around me, they now really um, put it on a pedestal, find it really important because of how much I've just been banging on about it. So before last year, I never really took any notice of it. Not that I didn't really care, I just, I don't really, I didn't really comprehend the sort of impact it had. I'd be having coffees at like 10 o'clock at night, or I'd be sipping on monsters like they were going out of fashion, 10, 11 o'clock at night, not really just even realising that it was actually doing anything. Obviously, I know it has caffeine and things like that, but I was like, oh, surely it can't be that bad. Surely an hour before bed, I'll, I'll be fine. Like, it won't, it won't make a, it won't make a massive issue in my life. And... It literally wasn't until this book that, I mean, even the thought of doing that now gives me some some little bit of anxiety because I would just never, ever do that. But this book, I mean, I'm not going to hide the title. The book is called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. I actually bought this book, I think about six months before the lockdown. Um, I bought it, tried to read it, read about, pff, I don't even think I read the first chapter, put it down, never picked it up again. I think it was because there was just so much, it, it's, it's quite a difficult book to read, um, and by that I mean, it, it sounds really stupid, but the pages are full of words, like really tiny words, but just the pages are full to the brim of words, and if you read books, you'll probably understand what I'm on about, some books are quite easy to, to digest, there's obviously, there's obviously words on the, on the page because it's a bloody book, but like the spaces between the line, how much of that page is actually filled with words, how big is the text. Sometimes, some books are easier to take in when they haven't got as much information, but this book was literally full to the brim, every single page of in information, and I feel like I just got a little bit too much. I just couldn't really take in all the information. Um, so yeah, put it down, 
ne never to read it again. And obviously lockdown happened, and I started getting more into audiobooks, which again, I never really got in, never really was a fan of them until the lockdown. Um, obviously, that's when I started going on my morning walks, and then, yeah, I just started just started reading audiobooks. And then the, I think this was the first book that I actually started um, in the lockdown. I'm not too sure, but anyway, it was it was a perfect book. It was a perfect book for the situation I was in at the time because I was going for these hour walks. I was doing the same route every morning, which is just around where I used to live. And that route used to take me around 55 minutes to an hour. And these chapters in the audiobook happened to be 55 minutes to an hour, which was perfect. So every day that I'd go on my walk, every morning, I'd put on a chapter and just sit there and listen to it. And I, honest to God, every single chapter just blew my fucking mind. Like, there was always something in a chapter that you either had to re-listen to, pause, and actually just take in what was being said. Um, and yeah, it, it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable, like, how much sleep affects our day-to-day -day life. Like, you just wouldn't even understand. And even, to, like, today, I'm still learning the stuff that's in the book. Obviously, you can learn it, but now I'm sort of, like, experiencing it. So like with myself and with my clients, when they, it's more so with my clients now, because obviously I've been going through it a lot of the time. There's still things that I experience and I'm like, oh shit, I relate it back to the book. But obviously most of the basic stuff is just with my clients when they're not, um, because obviously they, they, they were once, they are how I was before reading the book. They just didn't even really comprehend it. And in a sense, just just, just weren't really that bothered and didn't, didn't think it really had that much of an impact. But there was one line in that book that sticks with me. And it just, it was just one of those, as I've spoke about before, like one of those aha moments. And it was something along the lines of no, not a single biological function in the body does not benefit from sleep. So there is nothing in our bodies that does not benefit from going to sleep at night, which I just thought was absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, there's, there's things that it could be good for, but there's no, there's literally like, it's good for absolutely everything. Everything benefits from a good night's rest. So obviously, just from that phrase there, you can understand how fucking important it is um, to make sure that we're, we're getting not only a sufficient amount of sleep, but good quality of sleep. And there was also another line that said, the shorter the sleep, the shorter the lifespan. So again, if you want to live longer and you want to live a happy, healthy life, then you definitely need to start taking sleep into account. Now I've tried, there is so much information in this book. I couldn't possibly, I mean, I could, but one, I don't know enough. I'm not a sleep doctor and I don't know all the ins and outs of certain things from this book to be able to relay it to you. However, I've picked and choose certain points that can relate to health and fitness. Um, which I which I deem the most important, especially for the everyday person, which I'm going to go through. So I'll break. I've broken it down into sections. I've got notes as as always. So if I, if I go on tangents, if I go on waffles, just bear with me. But there are some really good points in these. So the first one, most important one, I think, is caffeine, and what caffeine, how caffeine affects our sleep. So first and foremost, obviously, caffeine is a stimulant. People use it to stay awake. Like when you wake up, most people have a coffee in the morning and they usually live off coffee. If like like me, I live off of, uh, I usually have about three coffees a day, either three, either three coffees or two coffees and an energy drink. Like I love caffeine. I mean, I don't feel, I don't personally feel like it has the effect. Like some people will have caffeine and be like off their tits, but, and be all really hyper. I don't really get like that, but it does help me like concentrate, especially in energy drinks. Maybe it's a placebo effect, I don't know, but I feel like it does, it does help massively. Um, and in the book it talks about, 
So throughout the day you get this, so from the minute you wake up, you have what is called sleep pressure. So there's this chemical in your brain. I'm not gonna get into all the sciencey stuff because you don't care about that. I'll, I'll keep it nice and simple. And um, there's a chemical in the brain that for the minute you wake up gets greater and greater and greater. So it builds up and basically by the end of the day, there is so much of this chemical in your brain which makes this pressure, which basically prompts you to want to go to sleep. Now what caffeine does, it blocks the the receptor in the brain where this chemical, so how much, like, so basically the brain doesn't know how much of this chemical is in, is in, is there, so it can't prompt you to go see, but keeps you more alert, keeps you more awake, and it basically fucks you up. Now caffeine has a half-life of six to eight hours, so a half-life is basically, it takes six to eight hours for half of the caffeine that you've consumed to get out of your system. Now, some people process caffeine faster than others, but as we get older, we get less efficient at, at processing it, so it usually stays in the blood, so obviously on the, on the higher end, which is the eight hours, if not longer, on the spectrum. Now, taking that into account, I have, I don't know if it was in the book, or maybe I learned it from somewhere else, probably learned it from somewhere else, but what is called a caffeine window, and this is something that I stick to fucking religiously, like, and I mean religiously. So, but a caffeine window. So basically, taking that six to eight hours, I go on the safe side and go. At, let's say, let's say eight hours. So if caffeine has eight how eight hours for half of it to get out of your system, I don't want that fucking up my sleep schedule. So I work back eight hours from when I go to sleep, which is usually about ten o'clock. So from two o'clock onwards, I will not touch caffeine. I will not have a coffee. Don't really have a tea. I mean, I've not really been having teas out in Tenerife anyway because it just doesn't quite quite taste the same. If you've been on holiday and you try to have a cup of tea, you may know what I'm talking about. It just doesn't have the same flavour. But anyway, I don't have any coffee. I won't have any. I won't touch anything caffeine after that caffeine window is gone. So you can work out your own one. All you need to do is work backwards, obviously, from when you usually go to sleep, and that is your that is your cutoff. And usually, when I tell clients to do this and implement this this has a massive effect on their sleep, like straight away, they, it's more so the being able to sleep, it's not lying there staring at the wall because you're so alert, obviously, because it's a stimulant, so it's gonna keep your brain working. So by implementing that, just that little thing of having an eight hour window from the last bit of caffeine you have to when you go to sleep, you'll notice not only the quality of your sleep, but how you can, how quickly you can go to sleep as well. Because that's something that a lot of people struggle with and it's fucking annoying. Like you'll, you'll definitely resonate with that. Lying in bed, staring at the wall, just not being able to switch off. And then your brain's working at a million miles an hour. It's, it's not a good thing. So that's the first one is the caffeine. Eight hours before, work backwards from your sleep schedule and don't have it. Now, REM sleep and alcohol. So REM sleep is the dream part of your sleep. So we go through like different stages. Again, I'm not gonna go into the, too much of that. A lot, all of this stuff, guys, like I highly, highly recommend that you listen to this book. You will not, there is some things in, in that book that you will honestly not fucking believe. Like how something, we all love sleeping. Like that's, that's the thing. We all love sleeping. We all love like laying in bed. But when you actually find out all the intricacies and, and like the science behind it, you, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm just really interested in sleep, but I found it absolutely mind blowing. Um, so yeah, the REM, back to the point, the REM sleep is like the dreaming part of sleep and REM sleep is what our brain uses to recalibrate and fine tune our emotional circuits in the brain. So it detaches the emotional feeling that you have um, in situations from that and we can only get that from REM sleep. 
So it basically develops us emotionally. And the main part of REM sleep as well is that it fuels creativity. It makes us more creative as people. And throughout, it goes on about like evolution and things like that. The REM sleep has been a massive factor in like the human evolution and things like that in the, in the way that we are in terms of creativity. Again, I'm no sleep doctor, so you're gonna have to refer back to the, to back, back to the book, sorry, in order to learn more about that. Um, but what I wanted to relate this to is alcohol, and alcohol is a massive suppressor of REM sleep. So you'll find that alcoholics don't really dream, don't really like have this REM sleep because there's so much alcohol in the system. And again, that's gonna hinder, something that you think is like nothing actually hinders the development and your emotional circuits in your brain. Again, I referred back to before. So just be cautious of like things like nightcaps and things like that, having alcohol too close to bed. Obviously having, having alcohol too much not only has effects on your sleep, but has effects on so many other things, which I don't really need to explain to you guys. You, you, should, you should obviously know that. Um, but yeah, having like things like nightcaps before bed is gonna compromise your REM sleep, which is gonna compromise your creativity as a person and like your emotional stability as well. So just need to be careful and picking and choosing where you're having the, where you're having the alcohol and, and things like that. Anyway, moving swiftly on to the next one. So it talks about anything less than eight hours. So eight, eight hours is like, is like the golden hour. It says seven to nine hours of sleep, depending on the person, but eight hours is like the golden, golden hour. And it says anything less than eight hours of sleep per night, especially less than six hours of sleep, results in these points. So your times of exhaustion during exercise reduces by 10 to 30%. So your capacity to have a workout and how far, how long you can go for that workout, if you've not been sleeping eight hours, that will reduce by 10 to 30%, which is a fucking, that's a lot. Like, think about it, especially if you're on that higher end of the spectrum, that is a lot of um, your percentage of your capacity to, to endure exercise. Um, your aerobic output is reduced significantly, which means your workouts are going to be a lot poorer. You know, as, as relating back to that last point, you're just not going to be able to go for as long. Your performance is going to be shit and it's going to make you feel shit as well. So, yeah, it decreases uh, peaks, peaks and sustained muscle strength. Not only that, but it impairs your cardiovascular, metabolic rate and respiratory systems. And it even impairs the ability for you to sweat during your workouts which is all, this is all linked back just by simply not prioritizing eight hours of sleep. So that you, so your body basically sweat, the reason why we sweat is it's your body's like way of cooling itself down. So that you sweat and your body sweats in the hopes that wind will come past. Obviously you'll feel a little bit colder and it will cool your body down. But if you're not getting sufficient sleep, then you're not gonna be able to sweat as much, which is gonna make you fucking boiling. And obviously heat makes you lightheaded and it has a domino effect of bad things. So all of those points, just simply because you were not prioritizing eight hours of sleep. And let me, let me just reiterate as well, this is anything less than eight hours of sleep at night, especially less than six hours of sleep. And I used to be that guy as well, where I would literally go for six hours. I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just do six hours. And I never really understood um, how much of an impact it was having not only on my everyday life and obviously maybe the things that were going on in my head, but obviously my training as well. The next one is attention. So we need more than seven hours of sleep per night to maintain cognitive performance. So that's basically like our concentration, uh, our things doing tasks. This is going to relate to our everyday lives. It's going to relate to work. So we need more than seven hours of sleep a night just to maintain that. 
And there was a fact in the book that said after 10 days of just seven hours of sleep, our brain is as dysfunctional as it would be after not having, after not having slept for 24 hours. So if, we, if we're already getting seven hours of sleep at night, our brain is just as dysfunctional as it would. So you bet you're basically not being able to do the things that you, you'd, you'd basically be on the same level playing field as if you were to get eight hours of sleep overnight and then one day you didn't sleep for 24 hours and that's how you felt. That's how our brains are, would act just from 10 days of seven hours of sleep. And it also says that three full nights of sleep are insufficient to restore the brain back to normal performance. And the reason it highlights that is because a lot of people go through this like sleep deprivation during a work week and they're like, oh, do you know what? It's fine. I'll pick it up on the weekend. But the weekend's only two, two, two days. Obviously, Friday night you're going out or you're not, you're not prioritizing it then. But Saturday and Sunday, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to try and prioritize it. You may not even do the Saturday. You may just try and do the Sunday. But three full nights of sleep are insufficient enough to bring that back to normal performance. So you can't make up for it on the weekends. So you need to be prioritizing this throughout the week. And the human mind cannot actually accurately, accurately sense how sleep deprived it is when it is sleep deprived. So your brain doesn't even know. So you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even realize you're sleep deprived. So obviously, you know, you're probably thinking about this. Oh, well, I feel fine when I have seven hours of sleep. No, I don't know what he's talking about. But your brain wouldn't even pick it up. When it's sleep deprived, it doesn't even have a fucking clue that it is sleep deprived. So yeah, take that in. Re-listen back to that as well, just in case that didn't didn't hit home. But this is just the importance of having eight hours of sleep every single night. And if you know me on a personal level, you know that my eight hours of sleep is like non-negotiable. And I have a good friend as well, Bobby, who <laughs> he's the same. Like ever since I've, we've we've started like talking about this, he's like, yeah, eight hours of sleep is just like a non-negotiable. And it actually. It's it's almost annoying when you can't when something happens and it fucks up your sleep pattern. You can't get that eight hours of sleep. It's very very annoying. On to the next one, we're going to talk about weight gain, which is obviously relatable to this podcast, fitness journey, all of that good stuff with people that are obviously that coach. So this is basically all going on about a shortage of, a shortage of sleep. Sorry, so short sleep will increase hunger and appetite. It will compromise the impulse control in the brain. So meaning if you've been sleep deprived, you're not going to be as mentally resilient. You're more likely going to give in to all these temptations. And obviously that results in an increased food consumption. And that usually results to higher calorie foods. And not only are you wanting to eat more food, but just to add insult to the wounds, you actually decrease in the feelings of food satisfaction so you'll just keep eating and eating and not feeling satisfied with what you're eating. So it's literally like a double-edged sword. Basically, a shortage of sleep, you're fucked. <laughs> especially, if you're, especially if you're currently on a weight loss journey. It's not going to bode well. So it's going to obviously prevent effective weight loss. And I just want to talk about that point as well. It's something that I actually experienced firsthand. As I said with this book, I'm still learning through experience of certain things. Um... And the one thing recently that, that happened was when I was on this cut. Now, if you've been following my cut, you would have seen that it's pretty, it was pretty easy for me. Um, I'm very much a creature of habit. I can eat the same things every single day. It doesn't really bother me. I was eating burger and chips. I was making them myself. Like I was really, really going to town with my diet. And 
because of that, because I was able to eat the same things again, being consistent with everything that I was doing, the weight was flying, well actually no, the weight wasn't flying off me, but my body was reacting in a very good way, I was able to be, uh, I don't know how to put it, like I was, I was able to enjoy the foods and I was fine because I was moving a lot, as I said, you think burger and chips is a bad thing, but it's literally just like having a chick, a, a mince and potato meal. That's all. That's all I was doing. It was just making it myself, which a lot of people don't really like fathom as well. But that's a that's a story for another day. Anyway, so I wasn't really craving anything. As I said, I'd be having. I think my my first meal was like bagel with egg and bacon, and then in the evening I've been having uh, burger and chips, and then I'm still having like a chocolate treat. So. In terms of cravings, I, di I didn't really care. I wasn't really bothered about all those things because I'm like, well, I'm eating them anyway. It may not be the greasy food that you get from Five Guys and it may not be the a whole bar of chocolate as opposed to just a little grab bag of a, a night and calorie one. However, I was still getting those cravings. I was, I was still sedating those cravings, sorry. Um, so I wasn't really bothered. But then there was one day where... I went, I went, I went on my, against my own word. I, I don't know why I did it. To be honest, I was sitting there on my phone like a twat, um, and I stayed up till about two o'clock in the morning. Even though I had to get up at seven to go for my morning walk in order to be signed in at my last job at eight o'clock, so I got five hours sleep. Now the old Lewis wouldn't have, have wouldn't have batted an eyelid. I'd be like, oh, do you know what? That's fine. I, I, I maybe uh, it's one day. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to do anything. And that day I woke up, I think I was about eight, eight or nine weeks into my car and I woke up and I craved the, it was, it was the weirdest thing because I'd gone eight to nine weeks of dieting, not giving, not even giving a fuck about salty foods or greasy high calorie stuff, like really that hyper palatable, like really tasty shit basically, like you know what I'm talking about. And it never even crossed my mind because obviously I was having a cheat meal as well. So I was having, I was looking forward to that and it, it never really phased me during the week. But when I disregarded the sleep that night and I woke up, all I could think about was salty food. Salt, all I think about was like McDonald's, going for five guys, getting pizza, eating Pringles. Like just, I just had this weird fucking craving for the most dirty, dirty, salty, horrible foods. And obviously now, when I, I don't even know if I comprehended it at the time, maybe a couple of days later, but I was like, fuck, that's literally got to do with sleep. Because nothing, nothing had changed. Nothing, nothing had gone on that day. I didn't suddenly, like the only thing that had changed from my actual routine was the fact that I didn't get my eight hours, which I usually always do. And as I said there, you compromise your impulse control in the brain and you, you have an increased food consumption or a want for food as well, which is usually higher calorie foods. And now I realize that that moment was literally because of my eight hours sleep. And the thing is as well, guys, when you start like implementing these things that I'm talking about and you start con making a conscious effort to think about it more, you will soon realize what I'm talking about and how you can relate it back. You're like, fuck yeah, this is, maybe you had a shit night's sleep and now you, you wanted all these foods or maybe you had a shit night's sleep and you just can't concentrate all day or you feel really shit or your workout was wank. Like you're always now, hopefully, I really do hope you take us on board, um, gonna relate this back to all the stuff in the, in, the, in the podcast and hopefully that you will listen to the book as well because honestly, it's amazing. Now, what I wanna leave you with is some things that we can do to help improve sleep. And this is something I tell all the Team LB to, or live better, to, to do on a daily basis. And I really, really try and hit it home. Like one of the daily habits that I get them to focus on is how much sleep have you had? 
not so much to keep a keep keep a tab on it, but it's just because they know they have to get that much asleep. But it obviously is to keep a tab on it, but it's just to show them how important it is. And it's good some days when they d disregard it because they will notice it. You, they'll notice as well that their weight goes up. Their weight goes up when they don't have the seven to nine hours sleep. And that's because your body retains a lot of water. Obviously it's just water weight. And sometimes it, it stay, either stays the same or it goes up, but it will definitely, it will usually more times than none be a result of sleep. There's obviously a lot of other things that, that go into weight fluctuation. However, sleep is definitely one of them. So the things that we can do to help improve sleep. Now, the most basic one is let's take it back a couple of years when you was a child and it's actually, it's actually having a sleep schedule. So it's consistently going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time as well because our body has this, what is called a circadian rhythm, which is almost like this body clock. And when you start going to sleep at different times, waking up at different times, you fuck up your body clock and that has a whole magnitude of negative side effects, which again, the book explains, I'm not gonna go into it, but just having a consistent sleep time and a consistent wake time is something that you should definitely try and adopt. And it's something that I've adopted more so when I moved to Tenerife because it's a lot easier to. Um, so 10, half 10 is usually my sleep time. And then I wake up about seven o'clock. So that means I get eight and a half to nine hours. That's what I've been trying to go for. Usually I push it. I usually get myself in bed by 10 o'clock because obviously it takes me a while. It, I mean, I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes. I, I do sit there on my phone, but usually I'm asleep by half 10. Um, and then that gives me a good eight and a half hours window of opportunity to get that golden eight hours to sleep in. Another one is do not exercise two to three hours before bed. And by exercise, I mean vigorous exercise, like working out two to three hours before bed. If you're planning on going to the gym at 10 o'clock at night and going to sleep at 11, do not fucking bother because it will affect your sleep. Avoid large meals before bed. Again, two hours, I'd say, for a large meal. So your final dinner, whatever it is, make sure that it is no later than two hours before bed. Obviously, the one we talked before is avoid caffeine. And as well with that is avoid nicotine if you are a smoker. You can invest in some blue light blocking glasses, which I use to, that's another thing we didn't really go into. I mean, I could do now, could I? I'll try and really sum it up quite quickly. So blue light is artificial light that we get from screens. So in this day and age, we are absolutely surrounded by screens, iPads, telephones, televisions, whatever it is, they all emit blue light. And the blue light, again, keeps our brains active, keeps our brains awake, and it basically stops us from relaxing. So what the blue light blocking glasses do, they're like yellow tinted, and it stops the blue light coming in. Obviously, we do actually need blue light to keep to wake us up in the morning and keep us alert, but obviously when we're going to sleep, it's something that we want to avoid. So you'll notice that your iPhone, and if you have Android, then I still don't know for you, I'm sorry. Um, you may have this feature, but if not, get an iPhone. What you can do is go on the brightness, hold it, and you will have this thing called night shift, which turns your screen yellow. And the reason for that is it reduces the blue light that's being emitted. Um, but you can get the glasses, which I have as well, and I usually wear them, um, if I go to sleep about 10, I usually wear them about four hours before bed, just to make sure that I'm not getting any blue light. Um, and that means I can just watch TV, maybe a little bit, I don't even watch TV, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, sit on my phone or sit on my iPad just a little bit later. But any, like I usually say to people, about half an hour before bed, Turn them off, turn your phone off, turn the TV off, put the iPad away, grab yourself a book. And what that does is that helps you relax before bed. So reading a book or listening to a bit of music, nothing that's got screens, allows your brain just to unwind, 
relax and get you ready to go to sleep. And the reason we want to do that as well is not just because of, well, there's a number of reasons actually. It's because obviously we need the quality of sleep to be good, but the switching off, like I was talking about before, you want to switch off. You want to, you want to be able to get into bed and that's it. Like, so you don't want to be sitting there rummaging around and then getting yourself in a, like pissed off with yourself because you can't fall asleep. And then obviously by, by the time you know it, you've wasted an hour trying to go to sleep and you've compromised that magic eight hours. And the final one is a dark bedroom. Um, so even though our eyes are closed at night, I, light can still get through our eyelids. So the darker the bedroom, the better. Now there are some other ones that you can do, like wearing an eye mask, wearing earplugs, to really get some good sleep. But for the majority of people, just use the tips that I've been talking before. But again, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Please, please, please do listen to this book because I really, it's one of those books that changes your life. Um, and it should because sleep is such a massive part of our life. We do it every, what is it? Like we spend one third of our lives asleep. So why shouldn't we learn a little bit more about it? I think everyone should definitely take it into account. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. The recording thing is going quite fast. So I think it's like 28 minutes, which is perfect. I didn't, I didn't know how long this was gonna go on for. Um, but yeah, hopefully you've at least got one good bit of information out of it. I mean, if you haven't, I'd be very surprised. If you, if you actually haven't got anything good from this, message me and I will do what I can to change your mind or even give you some good piece of information. But um, yeah, basically eight hours, Sleep is king. Stop fucking about on your phone. It will still be there in the morning. And eight hours is the goal. So I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you haven't already subscribed, please do. Share this to anyone that you feel would benefit from it. If there's anything you want me to cover or anything like that, send me a message. And I'm going to leave you with the message that I always do, which is do better. No, it's not. It's feel better. Oh my fucking God, I've done this again. Ah, oh, guys, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to fucking... Do you know what? I'm going to have to start standing in the mirror and reciting this to myself. Even though I've been, I've been writing it. I've literally been writing it like on a daily basis. So I don't know why I've forgotten it, but I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get my own slogan up. Do better. Be better. Feel better. And live better. And I'll see you in the next episode.